0: Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarik. And I'm
1: Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. So, Patricia, do you want to tell us what you're going to be talking about?
0: Yeah, so it's going to get a little dark today. Mm. Um, We're talking about mortality um, and how demanding your job is and how much control you have over your job can actually impact your mental health and physical health which is something we've talked about before and then how that can all impact your overall mortality so it's Whoa. kind of interesting this should air on Halloween <laughs>
1: but it's <laughs> airing in August instead <laughs> we yeah. need scary music to play for it don
0: don don that's the oh, that was good
1: we'll just use that <laughs> yeah You're perfect scary music pro apparently
0: it's <laughs> 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 really quite good <laughs> oh, man. but um, um yeah so before we dive in quick announcement again we are recording this in may this is airing in august due to our fabulous alleys Ali, our producer, her pregnancy and having a baby right now. So just wanted everyone to know that when we talk about what's going on, we're in the point right now of the COVID crisis where things are starting to slowly open in some states and like fully open in others. Um, anyways, just context. So if we sound like we're talking about something that happened in the past, it is the past. We are <laughs> in the past. Yeah. Um, yes. Um,
1: and I don't know what we'll want to tell ourselves in the future. We'll never mm-hmm. know. Um, but uh. in in the present, how are yeah. you doing?
0: Good. Um, kind of tired today. We okay. So last night, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm just going to say it. Last night, Danny and I decided that we were going to go see the bioluminescence um, on the coast. So here's mm-hmm. in Southern California, it's like a red algae bloom. Um, we went to see it a little bit after our anniversary in the evening, but we didn't go for, far enough south to get like the full effect. And so okay. yesterday we decided we're going to go further south. We're going to go see more of it. Um, and it was crazy because really? everybody and their mother... It was actually Mother's Day. So <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so um, <laughs> um, wanted to go see this. And so, like, driving down PCH was crazy packed. There was so much traffic. Everybody was just pulling over all willy-nilly. There were cops everywhere trying to stop people from doing that. Um, it was just a f- whole fiasco. And then we f- we made it down to, like, where we used to live. And because mm-hmm. we know that area really well, we just – we knew where there's parking places that are not, like, public parking in the, the sense that – It'd be police, so we found like a little sneaky spot, parked, walked down there. But there to the beach, but there was like a ton of people out. I mean, we kept our space from everybody, but it was it made me feel really anxious because I haven't been yeah. around that many people in months. Yeah, um, so I felt really weird. And then on top of it, I think we're at, towards the end of the bloom, so we could definitely see it. Like the waves were like glowing blue, but it wasn't like as brilliant as other people's photos seem to be in the past, so we were kinda sad about that. And that's whatever, that's fine. But the worst part is it's like eleven o'clock when we finally get back to our car and we had a flat tire. No (laughs) So then we were stuck out there waiting for them to come and get change our tire for a spare and then we had to drive all the way back and because it's a spare tire, like maybe I'm completely ignorant, but I had no idea that a spare tire was like so much smaller than a regular tire yeah, and that you couldn't go a certain speed over certain speeds. So we had to go 40 miles an hour all the way home. And like, we don't (laughs) live that far, but that's slow enough that it took so long to get home. No. So I didn't get home until like past 1 a.m. And then, yeah, yeah. And then, so it's super late or early. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by the time you get to bed and everything like that, it was like 1.30, 1.40. Ugh. It was a lot. That's yeah. no fun. So our adventure turned into a very nutty adventure. <laughs>
1: that is a nutty adventure. Yeah, that's a lot of things going on just to see some bioluminescence. But I know. maybe you can, like, take one of the pictures that someone else took
0: off online and pretend like you took it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know. it was
1: worth it to get this picture of the bioluminescence.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like we we must have just missed it. I'm just bummed. I wish we had just gone further down um on our anniversary and then nobody was out that day. Like it was very calm. So I feel like people got like all excited about it this weekend and we would have been ahead mm. of the curve and we would have missed all the traffic and hopefully would have not had a flat tire so whatever it is what it is it was just not as exciting or fun as I want it to be (laughs) rats
1: having car trouble is like terrible too
0: yeah Yeah. it just feels so like out I
1: mean for me because I don't know anything about cars but it just feels like so out of your control it's like unfixable you just have to stand there and be like someone help me like you just like have to like stand there and wait for someone to show up to like tell you what to do
0: I know. And then you're just like, oh, you're just changing a tire. Like when you watch them, you're like, oh, this actually isn't that complicated. Right. I wouldn't trust myself to do it. <laughs> I know. I know. Because it's then
1: it's on your car and you're driving on it and your life's on it.
0: Yeah. Uh, ugh. I know. Anyways, it was a mess. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm fine. Um, we <laughs> actually spent yesterday cleaning out the garden on the house that we had rented well we're still renting um, at this point, we still have another month and a half left on our lease, but um, we're like completely out now. So I think like one nice thing is that like, you know, that chapter like is entirely closed. So we got like all of our stuff out and the last thing we had to do was like go back and like clean up the yard um, and like get all of our stuff out of the yard. So from that perspective, I feel like, you know, that's nice that we like close the chapter on it. But I'd like sincerely, like, I'm sure that gardening is meditative. Like if you have a garden, that's like nice. And you're like putting things in the ground to grow. But like, I've heard people say they like weeding, like even like weeding things out of a garden is meditative for them. Like, I don't understand that in any way. Like, <laughs> there is no way yesterday was meditative for me. It was horrible. Like, I was like sneezing the whole time. Like, Aww. I hate weeds. They were like, Tons of weeds because the garden just like whatever. There's a lot of reasons why there's a lot of weeds back there, but like, um, they just like grow like crazy. There's like vines of weeds and like I don't even know. And I was just like I hate I hate this. Like I need to get out of here. So we weeded for probably like three hours and then we were just like this is good. It's gonna get the end. Uh, and so in any event, I'm happy that that's over because our new house doesn't really have. A yard in the sense that there's like very little space that things grow, and the space where things can grow, we can just get someone to like mind that space, and it's like so small that it's very manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm happy to be done with that portion of my natural exposure to nature.
0: I totally understand that. I ugh. there's too many bugs in the ground, yes, and on plants. <laughs> well, that's the
1: other thing is that, like, we have put those planters, like, a bunch of, like, planters and stuff out there, like, two years ago. And, like, if you pick up a planter that you haven't picked up in two years, what is under it is, like, so disgusting. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing that happened that I didn't tell you. Okay, so, um, so we got, like, a cleaning service to come clean the house as, like, a final clean um, mm-hmm. last week. And it's cleaning service that we've used, like, for a long time. And um, so, like, I thought they were, like, pretty trustworthy, although, like, I have not, like, whatever. I haven't, like, Brendan works from home, so we've never had to deal with, like, keys or anything like that. Whatever. Anyway, but because we don't live there anymore, we left them the key under, like, this big potted plant outside, and we just told them to put it back there when they were done. And then a couple hours later after they were done last week, I went over to pick the key back up from under the plant, but it wasn't there. So I was like, hmm, I guess maybe the person might have, like, put it inside somewhere and not put it outside, which is fine because we have another key. So but I couldn't get in because I only had I didn't have my key with me. Brendan mm-hmm. has his key. So I went back home and told Brendan and Brendan was like, maybe we'll go back over tomorrow and check like the drawers and stuff. So we did that and we checked all the drawers in the house and like everything inside and nothing was inside. So I emailed and said, we look for the key under the plant and it's not there. Is there any place else it might be? And I got her response back the next day being like, hey, um, yeah, it is under the plant. Um, she left it under the pot. So I was like, OK, that's weird because like we both checked under it, but fine. So when we went back to clean the yard. Um, I was like, look, we have to check this potted plant again. But like, I'm almost positive it's not there if we don't find it, like whatever. So we looked at under the pot like a million times. We looked all around the pot. We looked in like the like house near the pot we looked like in the grass that was like three feet from the pot like we looked everywhere and so finally so I emailed back and I was like hey I know you said it's there at this point we've checked all over the house we've checked under the pot a million times it's not there like any other ideas about where it might be and we got an email back from them like a couple hours later being like it is definitely under the pot it's the brown pot next to the door it's to the right I was there I saw her put the key under the pot like you have to check again because it's definitely there. And I was like, this is crazy. I know it's under this pot. So anyway, we were driving to go get groceries and we had to drive past the house anyway. So even though we had already checked this pot like 57 times, I was like, why don't you just pull over real quick? And just like one more time, I'm going to check under this pot just like so that I can email back and be like, I'm standing in front of the pot and I, it's not there, right? Like, to be mm. like, I'm looking at it. Anyway, I go over and I pick up the pot and the key is right underneath of it.
0: <gasps> and
1: I think they went and put it back.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. I was mad. Yeah, that's, well, new cleaners for the next place, I guess. <laughs> I know. But don't you think that's like, I want to
1: take my back and be like, I, the key is in my possession, but it did not arrive to me. In a manner that I feel has integrity.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that feels comfortable. Or
1: That seems really weird. Just like tell me you forgot. Like tell me you just like didn't remember to put the key there. Like just say I feel really bad. I know we're supposed to leave it there. She left with it by accident. Like we'll bring it back to you. It's fine. I'm not mad. But like to be like it is there. Please. Yeah. Here I'm describing
0: to you. And anyway. to not put it back after the first time when they said it was there, <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? Yes. <laughs> the fact that you checked twice and then the third time you checked it was back, it's like, hmm, like, that seems fishy and weird. I know. If-
1: I know. I, w- I said, you can't trick me. I'm- can't trick a <laughs> trickster. But they can because I'm not going to say anything
0: about it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was my day yesterday. Oh, well, sounds like we both had interesting days adventurous (laughs) days and now in our days that made us feel as if we could be dead (laughs) (laughs) whoa that's a transition (laughs) so dramatic that's very dramatic um i thought you were gonna go along the lines of like and our days are limited on this planet or something like that. I don't know. And then you're just no. like, day made us feel like we could be dead. <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay, anyway. Mortality. <laughs> yes. The article about mortality. I know. It's a very depressing topic. It um, is. Kind of darker than I would say most of our podcast episodes have been. But I think it's interesting. I think it's an important article. Um. And I think it's just something to keep in mind. It's like an extra reminder that we really should be focusing on having positive work environments for people so that we don't, you know, lead to premature death. Yeah. So. It makes sense. Yeah. So anyways, the article is called, This Job is Literally Killing Me, A Moderated and Mediated Model Linking Work Characteristics to Mortality. And it's by... Gonzalez, Mule, and Cockburn. Uh, it was just published this year in 2020, um, and it's in the Journal of Applied Psychology. And it's actually a research report, which we've talked about those before. But basically, they're just kind of more concise papers with, and usually they come from some some research done of a bigger study, which is exactly what happened here. So, yes, it's interesting. It's. Not an overly um, complex article. So I think I'll kind of talk through a couple of concepts, things that we've talked about before on the podcast, and then what they found. Awesome. That sounds perfect. Cool. So this article talks about a couple of different concepts, Talk about stress and strain um, and how that impacts um, your overall health, right? So one thing that we know and that we've seen in other articles that we've talked about and things that are written on our website um is that stress and you know burnout and having a lot of stress can lead to things like um physical health symptoms right so not feeling super great physically mm-hmm. um and it can also lead to mental health things like issues and symptoms like symptoms around depression or anxiety um so we know that that is something that has been studied a lot um mm-hmm. so we do know that that link exists this paper really wanted to see. Okay, so now that we know that link, let's take it one step further. And when does that link cause premature death? When? What? What does that look like? Hmm. Um. So this is part of a bigger study called the Midlife Development in the United States Study, MIDAS. Um. That and the data is from nineteen ninety five to twenty fifteen. So it's a big data set, and they looked at three different time periods. So. Um, The first time period is like earlier on where they look at individuals. They ask people about, um, well, they can't be retired. They have to be working employees and they have data on their job demands, job control, and they also looked at cognitive ability. So let me me back up on those things. So job demands. We've talked about this before, but they're basically the demands that are faced by an employee um, at work. So things like, you know, how challenging a task is what kind of focus you need how much work do you have time pressure things like that Um, then job control is really around how much an employee has control over how they do their work their schedule um, things like that so we've talked about job control or autonomy a lot it's really about having the ability to make your own decisions and how your work is done and the final thing That we haven't talked about really that much is cognitive ability um so cognitive ability is defined as a general ability to reason solve problems learn it's um i mean in some kind of i would say a crude way to approach it is like just thinking about like intelligence right um but really the way they were looking at it here is more about people's ability to learn quickly um and and potentially handle you know more challenging tasks right
1: yeah yeah, I always talk about my class that cognitive ability is like you it's something that you can't learn. It's like a capacity to be able to pick up on new things quickly um, or to solve problems that you haven't seen before um, in like a quicker response time or to find solutions to unique or novel issues more um, you're more capable of doing that. So it's like you can't go to like a class and learn to have higher cognitive ability, like you can learn like a skill or a knowledge or something like that.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's one of those like innate ability things, one of those things that exist in individuals. Um, so those are like kind of the three main concepts they worked at- with in this study. In addition to obviously the mental health metrics, physical health, and the mortality metric, which is did the person die at the end of the study? Okay. Um, so, there are three study periods, as I mentioned. So the first one, they look at the job demands, job control, cognitive ability. The second period of time, they look at physical and mental health. So they look at some markers of physical health that um, was collected in the midst of this Midas, this bigger Midas study. Um, and they also looked at mental health and the way they defined mental health in this study was really just around depression as a person been diagnosed with depression or has, um, they also had them to complete a scale. So it was not just, they were diagnosed for the depression, but if they, you know, going through that measure, would they potentially be diagnosed? Like, are they on that, that scale of, um, dimension of depression? Okay. Um, and then the last study phase in Midas three, the third time period they see is a person still alive or not.
1: Okay. And it's the same person across all three time points. So they have correct basically data like space years apart.
0: Yes, exactly. Okay. So their goal is to see, all right, if this person, you know, earlier in their life, they had a really stressful job. Do they have control to do their job the way they want to? Um, what is their ability to learn and problem solve in unique situations? How does that then impact their physical and mental health, you know, years down the road? Mm-hmm. And then how does that impact their uh, mortality even further down the road?
1: OK, awesome. That sounds great. So yeah. um, so basically, they're looking at how does your job impact your overall mental wellness? And then how does your mental wellness actually and physical wellness? And then how do those things impact how long you're going to live, which is a very important outcome variable uh, that I think yeah. a lot of people care about. Yes. Um,
0: so what did they find? So what they found was kind of interesting. Um, what they found was, when you're in a job that has a lot of demands, um, if you have control, like something that job control, that ability to make um, your own decisions around how you do your tasks, things like that, and if you've got an ability to deal with those demands, so are able to learn, etc., then you're doing well, mm-hmm. right? But if you don't, so if you're in a job that has really high demands and you don't have the ability to deal with it, then basically what happens is it deteriorates your mental health. Mm. So they saw an impact that if you've got a really demanding job and it's not a um, you have control and have this capacity to learn quickly and problem solve quickly. It's more of a either or. So either I have these major job demands and I have control then Mm -hmm. I'm doing okay. Or if I have these major job demands and I happen to be higher on this cognitive ability scale or that, Mm -hmm. you know, your ability to deal with the demands, then you're doing okay. So you don't have to have both. Gotcha. If you don't have either, though, you're in a situation where your mental health declines, so you're more likely to have depression, and then you're also more likely to have passed by the end of the study. Hmm.
1: Wow. Um... So that's really interesting. So basically it's okay to have a demanding job, but you also either have to have the cognitive ability to be able to sort of tackle those demands without, I guess getting is the theory kind of like it would be over too overwhelming unless you have like the cognitive capacity to cope with all the demands and yes. or you have more control over the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um and then that makes you more mentally healthy in those two conditions. And over time, that mental health adds up
0: to lead to mortality differences. Exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. So basically, um, you need to either feel like you have some control over your job that you can maybe... I don't know, push space out tasks appropriately because it takes you a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, give yourself the space that you need to complete the work or you just need to be like super quick at picking things up and problem solving. Um, And that's something you can't control. So realistically, that's not that um, meaningful in terms of what you can take away from Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Um, The things that you can control, though, or maybe you can, but most likely your leadership can, is around how much control they can give you in your job. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something really important to keep in mind is, you know, you're not going to change your ability, um, but you can change the control. And you can also change the job demands. So if the job doesn't have extremely high demand, so if you're in a job where you feel overwhelmed all the time, then if you can't get control over that, If you can't space out your tasks appropriately, et cetera, then it's probably just too demanding for you. And that's not like something to be ashamed of, right? It's just that job is not a good fit for you. So -hmm. then maybe a different job would be better. So it's kind of trying to figure out whether you can get more control of that job or if you need to go to a job that maybe has slightly different types of demands. Like maybe, um, for example, if you're really bad at math and you're in a job that does a ton of math and that's really hard for you and very taxing. Maybe you shouldn't be in a job where math is the main piece of your job. Maybe you should switch to something else that you're better at and have more Mm -hmm. skills at.
1: Yeah. Or like if you're going through the interview process or something and you're recognizing that it seems like people are giving you the sense that this job is going to require a lot of demands, it's going to be really demanding. It's going to require a lot of resources to like think to yourself about, okay, if I, you know, am I generally a person who is, higher in terms of the cognitive ability scale, which is really hard to know, because everything that we use to measure cognitive ability is really a proxy for a lot of other things and things can get in the way. But, um, you know, where do you normally fall in those distributions? Like if you usually fall higher, you might say, okay, well, probably I'll be fine, or maybe I can handle this better than someone else might. But if not, then you might have to say, okay, well, during this process, let me ask a lot of questions about Control or autonomy, or let me try to get a sense of the extent to which I would have some more control or autonomy because otherwise you might be signing up for something that would end up like burning you out in the long run.
0: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So that's super interesting for the mental health side, right? So, really helping your mental health if you can have some control over a demanding job um, or lower those demands. Yeah. When it came to physical health, it was a little bit different. So, job demands. Having high job demands um, led to actually better physical health when you had really. high control. So it was a really, really interesting finding. They weren't really expecting that. They were thinking that, you know, having really major demands would lead to lower physical health, and then control maybe helps that, but mm-hmm. um, like makes it. Like, flat, right? Like, you're just normal. But this is actually better. Like, they found that if you've got a lot of control of your job and your job is very demanding, you actually are better off physically Mm. and have a lower likelihood of mortality at the end of the study.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. So, their theory is that it's possible that if you have really high job control – maybe you benefit from being able to restructure your work so that you can take the time to exercise. Like, those Mm -hmm. are things they can't control, right? When you're looking at a study that's this big, so that's something to consider for everybody listening, you know, they're measuring a lot of things, and there's obviously a ton of stuff happening right tons and tons of stuff happening to people throughout these 20 years um so we can't control for everything so we don't know all the reasons behind everything that's going on um they tried to control for some things like they you know were controlling for certain factors like gender and race and socioeconomic status and things like that to make sure to try to reduce that noise but there's always going to be some noise so this kind of a result is always interesting too because like well there's probably like it doesn't make sense that having a really high demanding job is going to lead to better physical health even if Mm -hmm. you have control um but there might be something else that's going on and it might be something like this where it's now they've got more time to actually exercise or focus on their health or maybe they're just able to go to the doctor because they can be flexible or whatever that is
1: right right yeah that makes sense i i'm wondering did they control for like prior physical health or anything like that because one thing so I worked with data like this uh, for my thesis but it was from Australia and um one thing that I I found in my in my results was that um people who were working like women who were breadwinners who were doing tons of hours in the household and tons of hours in the workforce I thought that they were going to have more negative physical health but what actually ended up happening was women who were able to work those long hours and also able to then turn around and come home and like continue doing a bunch of stuff in the short term meaning like a few years they were actually able to hold up they actually ended up being more physically fit because they started off more physically fit in other words like if I have a lot of health challenges I'm probably not going to be able to sign up for a job that has that has me working that many hours anyway in addition to like a bunch of family stuff that has me working that many hours. So it's kind of like a backwards correlation kind of, but because mm-hmm. it in this study it impacts mortality, which like there's nothing to predict after that, right? Um yeah. It does seem like it's a little bit more related in that sense. Um but it could be that, you know, maybe people were generally in better health, which caused them to be able to take on these more demanding jobs, which caused them to then still have better physical health, which caused them to then live longer. In the lo-
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they did control. So I just looked back and they did control for mental and physical health at time one. So that means okay. like in the very when they first started the study, whatever their met- mental and physical health is should not be a factor yeah that's good um yeah so they looked at that they looked at like i said socioeconomic status race gender the types of things that could impact your health in a lot of ways you know like certain groups are impacted differently um in terms of their you know mental and physical health and types of markers because the physical health measures um was like a really big measure that was all about risk factors for things like diabetes et cetera. and there's obviously certain populations where some of those um, types of diseases occur more frequently and that's mm-hmm. why they were also um, controlling for things like race
1: okay yeah that makes sense so basically the argument is that if you want to you know support people's well-being when they're in jobs that have a lot of demands you especially if you're you know not sure what their cognitive ability is which could be the case Um, the goal is to provide people with more control because under those circumstances, they'll have more time and maybe more energy to be able to put towards physical health. And it will also increase their mental health
0: outcomes. Exactly. Yep. So really the goal is for organizations, leaders, managers to try to give people as much control as they can, especially if it's a demanding job. And this mm-hmm. is a message that we've, I mean, how many times have we said this, right? Autonomy yeah. is good, autonomy is good. It's it's just reiterating that point in a different way where we really wanna make sure that if you have a demanding job especially, it's important to have that autonomy, that flexibility to be able to change your schedule if you need to, to be able to work on tasks in whatever order you wanna work on them, um, be able to take a break to go for a run or whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be taken into account When you think about those demanding jobs, and I think it's really important for organizations and for managers and leaders to think about this as well so that they can make sure that their employees are in better health and not dying young.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's very, very important. And obviously, you never want to have your employees look back on their life literally and say that... uh, they could have lived a longer and happier life had you not provided them with an environment that was conducive to that so really thinking hard about i think that as an outcome might really ring true to people in terms of what people care about and what they want to put out in the world that you know it's not the case that you know your your choices as a manager can have a big impact literally on the extent to which people may be able to live a long and happy life and this study shows that so i think even just from that perspective Having that as an outcome variable, which is not something we usually see
0: in our literature, might be able to make that case pretty clearly for people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as an employee, you know, I think always focusing on your physical health is obviously important and your mental health. Um, but then if there's a way that you can try to find more control in your job or try to find jobs that are less demanding, if you can't control them, um, I think is really helpful. I think that's really good information to take into account, you know, as you're stressed out at work all the time I mean I think a lot of people have these realizations after some sort of health scare right it's like oh I've been working 80 hour weeks and I ended up having some sort of like heart palpitations or whatever right Uh, right. then then people tend to be like oh my gosh like look what I'm doing I'm running myself you know to on empty and I'm gonna completely crash here and this is really not healthy and trying to adjust and I think that this shows that you need to think about that from the beginning, from the get-go. You know, mm-hmm. this is 20-year study, so in the first measurement, it was really early in the people's career, and it had an impact overall. So it's really important to think about that early on in your career. If you haven't had that health scare, if you're still young and healthy um, and don't have any, you know, chronic issues or anything going on that you can think of, then it's probably important to just make sure you're not taking advantage of that in such a way that it's going to actually hurt you in the long run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's really, really smart because a lot of young people probably think they can just take on a million demands without ever having to find that balance with regard to having control or, oh, I'll just like let this go for as long as I can or see how long I can keep running with this. And if you don't stop to actually evaluate that at some point, a lot of time could pass you by and it could have an impact
0: in the long term. So um, I think that's really good advice. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening. I thought it was uh, an interesting article even though it was about death.
1: Yes. Well, I liked it.
0: Yeah. Hopefully others have learned something from it um, and maybe this will encourage people to reevaluate the the way they're managing their teams and their own career to make sure that they're not putting themselves in situations where the job is way too demanding for them. So... Hope everyone is taking care of themselves. We'd love to hear from you as well. So please reach out if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on social at workerbeing. And you can also find us on our website, workerbeing.com. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.